Listeners, remember when everyone was doing juice cleanses and was basically hangry all the time? Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to lose weight. Row provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. The Row Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Rose partners handle all the insurance paperwork to help get medication covered. If eligible for medication, patients have access to their provider on demand for any questions. You can sign up online from the comfort of your own home. This means no scheduling a doctor's appointment, no commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. Average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to Roe co slash clink sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 after that medication costs are separate that's ro.co slash clink listeners did you know that an estimated 5 billion plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles are thrown away each year and if that's not bad enough most cleaning formulas are 90 percent water which is heavy to ship leading to excessive carbon emissions plus those products are often filled with nasty ingredients like chlorine and ammonia that's a lose-lose situation for you and the planet nobody's trying to have that enter blue land blue land is on a mission to eliminate single-use plastic by reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and the planet with the same powerful clean you're used to. The idea is simple. They offer refillable cleaning products with a beautiful cohesive design that looks great on your counter. Fill your reusable bottles with water, drop in the tablets, and wait for them to dissolve. Genius! You'll never have to grab bulky cleaning supplies on your grocery run again. Refill start at just $2.25. Blue Land is trusted in over 1 million homes, including mine, y'all. When I received my first shipment of Blue Land, I was blown away by how this simple concept just makes so much sense. It's so easy. You just drop the tablet into the stylish functional bottles and get your clean on. I love the subscription option because I am not trying to get one more bulky item in my cart. Blue Land products really get the job done and leave my home smelling so fresh and clean. Blue Land has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash clink. You won't want to miss this, guys. Blueland.com slash clink for 15% off. Hi, and welcome to Housewives of True Crime. Welcome. Welcome. I am Tabitha. Give me Dateline, White Wine, and I'll pick up your kids in the carpool line. The next day, right? Yeah, the next day. Okay. And I am Gretchen. I like White Wine, True Crime, and In Bed by Nine because I have a lot of stuff to do in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) We are Housewives of True Crime. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Welcome. Welcome. Housewives of True Crime. Good morning. And you are not on time. I am not on. It's kind of your fault, though. (laughs) Maybe I wasn't on time. (laughs) You weren't on time last night, so I left the computer out and ready to go. Oh, yeah. You guys, I like really stood you up last night. We were supposed Uh to record and we had like, I mean, we just recorded an hour earlier. So I'm sure you didn't think I was going to forget in one hour. No, I did not. 
And I totally did until I was locking up for bedtime and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I think I missed something today. Yeah. And it was all of you guys to record for everybody. Yeah. But it's not my story. So that's why it wasn't it wasn't on my brain. Oh. You know what was on my brain? What was on your brain? Starting school today. I did all those school signs. You know, the like, my first day, I'm 52 inches. I know. You know, I don't do those little school signs. Oh, I've done them I've, like since the first day of preschool. So. I know. I feel like it's too late for me to jump on the bandwagon. Maybe is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe is. Also, my daughter needs a computer, like an actual computer this time. And so... That's what I was doing, by the way, when I was supposed to be recording. I was setting up like the parental controls because, you know, you can just look up whatever you want on this thing. And I think 11 year olds start looking up shit. Yes, they do. So it's been all over the news. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, two of them start school today. Yesterday, I got in a little Zoom trouble. I didn't tell you Oh, you did? What happened? Well, usually the kids are muted. You know, that's like the smart thing to do for the teachers. You're muted. It sounds like you're moded. Remember? Moded. Moded. (laughs) You're muted. That's 2020. Right? Version. Yeah. You're on mute. Oh, hey, Charlie, you're on mute. You're on mute. Yeah. No, this time I'm just assuming they're all on mute because they always are. The school has like five kids in it. And so, no, Kaden's not on mute. He's just acting up. So I'm like, sit in your chair, like really like harsh, you know? Yeah. And he starts having a meltdown, like screaming at me. And the teacher's like, ooh, ooh, Kaden, um, Kaden. Uh. I'm like, oh my God. Oh my gosh. They need to work it out so you can mute the person. They do have that. They do. And they need to work it out clearly so you can black out the screen. So they also have that, but and so for the kids, that guy that was like jerking off <laughs> yeah, right? during the meeting, yeah, you need to be able to black it out. But for the kids, they can do it where you can't black it out. So they want to make sure they see all the kids all the time. So he can't, cause I was like, at one point I wanted to do something and I was like, turn off your camera. He's like, I can't mom, they have it blocked. So it always has to be on. Yeah. I'm not with it. I know. That's why you're homeschooling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am so not with it. Sounds crazy, futuristic, like we're all robots. We are all robots at Yeah, the I'm not. We're over here doing our own thing. You should go on a road trip. You know what you should do? You should learn about some other state and take them there and do the whole shebang. Oh, yeah, I'm working on it. Don't you? You know I got ants in my pants. <laughs> Go to Oregon. Or well, don't. First, we're going to right Washington now. next month. Oh, well, you know, that's another place that maybe you don't want to go to at the moment. Although my friend just came from Seattle and he said it's, he's like, news sensationalizes everything. Like, it's not that bad. Well, we're actually going to the San Juan Islands. So we're going like offshore of Washington. So we're Off good. The grid. Okay. Yeah. Well, that sounds fun. Yeah. You know where I'm going? Where are you going? Nowhere, really. Crazy. That's where I'm going. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. You want to hear something crazy? What? I got a crime for you. No, you don't. Just yeah. kidding. 
<laughs> I'm like, yeah, I do. Oh, did you see what somebody posted something funny about the crime about when people like talk you into buying this stupid lotion that costs like $900? Oh my did God. You see that on her Facebook? I know. I didn't respond because I'm not completely like with it, but she said, I'm sure this is not crime related. I'm like, oh no, that's a crime. By the way, I always get talked into that shit. You would think I wouldn't. You would think you wouldn't. And you would think I would be really good at just being like, go fuck yourself. But I'm not. I am like, oh, that hair straightener was $900 yesterday and it's It's only got to be good. 100 today. I'm fine. You do do that. You do tell me that. You tell me, oh, yeah, well. But then I I say, I heard it sucked. And you say, no. It was $400. It was good. No. No, I actually, I buy it. And then I feel bad. I feel like a pit in my stomach. I walk back to my husband who's like waiting for me somewhere else. And I'm like, I just got talked into this. He's like, why the fuck did you get talked into another one of those things? I'm like, I don't know. It was like a deal. It's like, I'm a sucker for a deal. Yeah. And then I feel like really bad because it's obviously not a deal because I see it like at the department store for half price. And then I could get like 25% off that when it goes on sale. So yeah, it's never a deal. Okay. Is your crime a deal? Mm, It's not a good deal. It's a bad deal. No, they never are. You know, are you ready for it? Yes. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye or hello. Hello. Bye. (laughs) Bye. 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 (laughs) Yeah. Today, I am going to tell you about the, until very recently, cold case of Jason Mizell, better known as Jam Master J. Oh, holy shit. I didn't know we were doing this one today. Oh, yeah. We're doing this one oh, today. Fun. This was okay. going to be a bonus crime, but I got another. But you liked it so much, you wanted to tell the world. Oh, yeah. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Jam Master J was one of the three members of the 80s and 90s hip hop group Run DMC. This beat oh. is I think it's very vital to rock around. That's right. On top. Here we go. You remember? Do I remember? Do you remember? Was I born yesterday? Of course I remember. I remember. Yeah. I mean, I think we were pretty little when that all like came out. Yeah, but I lived in Oxnard. Did you forget? Oh, that's right. Okay. I learned the running man to that song. Oh. The Roger Rabbit. That's right. Did you know any of those? Yeah, I did. Okay. Just making sure you're, you know, a regular kid. (laughs) Oh, stop it. (laughs) Okay. Jam Master J was the DJ for the group. And he was really the first DJ in a group to be at, at the forefront. He is still legendary for his ability to cut tracks and mix beats. 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 Run DMC was instrumental in bringing hip hop to the mainstream. They were the first rap group to go platinum, to be on the cover as Rolling Stone, the first rap group to be on SNL. And they were the first music group to get an endorsement deal from a clothing company, which happened to be Adidas. Oh, go Leela. Right? I would not think that was a big deal, but we have a friend who works for Adidas. It is a big deal. And that's what she does. She outfits deal with rap people. rappers. Yeah. As Run DMC rose to fame, they were 
really looked at as role models everywhere, but especially in the New York neighborhood that they were from, Hollis, and the surrounding urban areas. Their music wasn't what a lot of rap evolved into, which, no shade at that rap, because I listened to, you know, I listened to all of it, right? Mm -hmm. But their music was like post-NWA, so it was less aggressive. So it was a real shock when... Jam Master Jay was murdered in his studio in 2002, which was immediately, obviously, an inside job, which people close to Jay have always agreed on. Yeah. So I'm going to take you back to the people he was surrounded by at the time and the circumstances that led up to that tragic night and what's going on with the case now. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome so much. Bring me back to, you know, when I was 22. To when it's tricky? Well, that was when I was like 10. But yeah, 22 is when it all went down. And Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. You're so old. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or I'm so young. Because it was like 2002. Yeah. Okay. So all the members of Run DMC are from this lower middle class borough in Queens, New York called Hollis. Hollis is only about a one mile square. And so everybody knew everybody. Jay and his friends called themselves the Hollis crew growing up. One of the things that people really loved about him is that he never really left. His music studio was five minutes from where he grew up. Most artists you know, take their business to the city. Manhattan is right there, but that wasn't his style. He remained loyal to his roots and was known for helping out whoever he could that he had grown up with. Jay grew up without a father, and his mother was a school teacher. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, right? And to her credit, she raised a real genuine guy. The thing about this is that while Jay was always looking to give people a hand up, it didn't seem like everyone he was helping also had his best interest at heart. And he was helping quite a few people. In addition to just, you know, friends and stuff that he was helping and employing and stuff like that, he took care of his mother and sister and wife and four kids. That's a lot of pressure, and it had been starting to catch up with him. It was real easy for him to be like Santa Claus around Hollis in the early years of Run DMC success, but it got harder as the group's popularity declined. Jay continued to make money when he started his own music label, JMJ Records, and he was producing a few artists. Side note, he discovered 50 Cent and Onyx. Yeah. Did you know that? No. Isn't it? Hey, shorty. It's your birthday. We're going right. to party. Of course. It's your birthday. Oh, my God. Yeah. 50 Cent is. That was Jack's song when he would score on the Lakers. Mm-hmm. He'd play 50 Cent. To the candy Guys. shop. To the lollipop. This is when we were all going to the clubs, you know? Yeah. 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 Okay. Well... Anyways, so he's making money, but his outgoing expenses were exceeding his income for sure. At the time of his death, he owed the IRS around 500K. That's a lot of money to owe the government. Yeah. And so who knows what his other debts were? That's just what he owed the IRS. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
So there's these two documentaries about the life and death of Jam Master Jay. One is on iTunes, and it's produced by 50 Cent, and the other is on Netflix. And they both take a look at all the theories surrounding who shot Jay and why. And, of course, at the time when they were released, no one had been arrested. They were released in 2009 and 2017. Both of them are good. I like the Netflix one more because it has Jay's mama and sister. I'm not going to get into all the theories they talked about because we kind of know who did it now. What I will say is that both documentaries bring up the point that police did not seem to care. They didn't offer up witness protection and the reward for information they offered was less than $10,000, which is just insulting. Yeah. The other thing interesting about the docs is they both interviewed people close to Jay, and it's apparent there was a side to him that not a lot of people saw. And that was the side of him that was selling drugs. When some of his friends and family are interviewed about him, they say, like, no way, he would never sell drugs. He didn't need to. He was a DJ. And the feeling I got from all the interviews was that he would never want certain people to know. Hmm, That sounds familiar. Yeah, he had this persona. Personally, I think he didn't get into selling drugs in his later years for any other reason than to support the people he loved in the lifestyle that he had put them in. And he was needed the money. Yeah, and I imagine accepting that he was selling drugs and it contributed to his murder and them knowing in their hearts that he was kind of doing it for them is very painful. Oh, I could see that. Yeah. But you can see how it happens, too. Yeah, for sure. And I also can see where you live a life with some people one way and with other people another way. So everybody does it in some way, right? Right. He was desperate. And he, you know, that's what I think. And he grew up around drug dealers and he watched them make money real quick. Mm -hmm. And like I said, he was under a lot of pressure. I think that with the recent arrests, it's going to be hard because they don't want the drugs to be a black mark on his legacy because he has this brilliant legacy. You know, he was an extreme talent. But I think it just shows that he was human. Yeah. And as much as, and you know, I don't like drugs, but that doesn't define somebody as who they are. I mean, people get sucked into that world that are brilliant people and they're, I don't know, you know, like drugs is super bad, but I don't think it's the worst thing. People get sucked into all kinds of things under pressure. I mean, there's lots of fraud happens, lots of, right? People take too many pain pills too. Yeah. Go to the doctor. People think that's like, okay. Yeah. So anyways, so Jay was human. His business partner was this guy, Randy Allen. And they were tight. Randy. They grew up together. They were, you know, the best men at each other's weddings. Not everybody liked Randy, including 50 Cent. No, Randy. Okay. Sorry. And and I'm going to be talking about a lot of people, so don't be jumping to any conclusions. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So not everybody liked Randy, including 50 Cent, who says Jay was overly loyal to him. 
Some other friends say Jay had confided in them that Jay actually thought Randy was stealing from him, a charge that Randy has publicly denied. I have never found anything that proved the allegations, but still there is just something in my spidey sense that says there is something shady about Randy. I don't know if Randy was stealing from Jay or not, but I can see why Jay would still have to keep him around even if he was. For one, Randy was in a group under Jay's label with Jay's nephew that was about to go on tour called Rusty Waters. Also, Randy's sister, Lydia, was the receptionist at the studio. And I imagine their finances were mixed up. There is also talk about life insurance policies that they had on each other. From what I gathered, I mean, because you can't just have a life insurance policy on anybody unless it's your spouse, right? Mm -hmm. But I think what they did was they made each other the beneficiaries of their own policies. And this is kind of, I mean, it's verified that there was life insurance policies or whatever. Okay. Okay. I don't know all the details, but people see this as shady. I don't think that is that shady for business partners to do. But I see why it also doesn't look good for Randy either. Why wouldn't he do his family? I can see how he would be convinced to put a life insurance policy and make Randy at least a beneficiary because he's Jam Master Jay. It's JMJ Records. It's going down. If Randy has invested his life in this business and something happens to Jay, I mean, it might not, the business might not continue. They might lose everything. Right. Okay. Okay. So I'm just saying, I see both sides to that part. Okay. Okay. So Randy was one of the people at the studio the night of Jay's murder, along with his sister, Lydia. What we know about the events that night that happened are that the studio is a secured building. You have to be buzzed in the front door. And there's a camera right outside the door, Mm -hmm. cameras inside the studio as well. To get to the studio from the front door, you have to go up a flight of stairs and down a hallway where you pass other business offices. And then to get into the studio, you have to get buzzed in again through a door with a big slide lock and it's always locked. This is why right away people knew it was an inside job because you have to get buzzed in twice. Everybody take your ginkgo biloba. Focus, 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 okay? Okay. The night of the shooting, Randy was in the control room with Mike B, who was also a rapper and a known friend of Jay's, along with an aspiring female artist, okay? Those three are in the control room. Lydia, Randy's sister, was working reception in the front, okay? She's in the front area by the door. And then there is a lounge between the reception and that room. Okay? Okay. And that is where Jay and his friend Tony Rincon were playing video games. We know that Lydia buzzed in the killers, and it's reasonable to assume she wouldn't have buzzed in anyone she didn't know, right? According to police, she said there was a tense conversation with her and the gunman, And she tried to leave, and another gunman came through the door and told her to get down on the ground. Were they masked? No, they weren't masked. She identified them. I'll get to that. Oh, okay. Okay. 
Tony Rincon, who was seated next to Jay, says his phone rang at the moment the gunman came through the door and he was looking for it in the couch. Before he knew what was going on, Jay had been shot twice in the head and he had been shot in the leg. The three people in the control room say they didn't see anything. And when they came out of the room, which is only separated by a door, Mm -hmm. okay, the gunmen were gone. Okay, so nobody, those three people, Randy, none of them saw anything. The guy actually sitting next to Jay says he he didn't even see him because he was looking down for his phone. Mm -hmm. So there's just really Lydia. But that's... She can't really deny not seeing anything. It's hard to believe, right? Because even if somebody's walking in, oh, yeah, don't yeah, you yeah. look up and be like, oh, it's so-and-so's coming in. Also, if they're getting buzzed in. And they had a tense conversation with Lydia. So how yeah. did he not no, he look saw. up and see something going on? Okay. Okay. So here's where it starts to look weird for Randy. Instead of calling 911 and staying with his shot friend. What do you do? They left. Everybody left and went across the street to the police station. Listeners, today's episode is sponsored by Acorns. Are you busy? Well, of course you are. And if you're like me, that means you put off investing because maybe it just doesn't seem urgent or it's intimidating. Enter Acorns. Acorns makes it easy to start automatically saving and investing for your future. You don't need a lot of money or expertise to invest with Acorns. In fact, you can get started with just spare change. Acorns recommends an expert bill portfolio that fits you and your money goals, then automatically invests your money for you. What I love about Acorns is that it gives you the tool to give your money a chance to grow. You don't have to start with a lot. Just start. Believe me, it feels great. Head to acorns.com slash clink or download the Acorns app to start saving and investing for your future today. Client testimonial may not be representative of all clients. Tier one compensation provided. Compensation provides an incentive to positively promote Acorns. View important disclosures at acorns.com slash clink. Investing involves risk, including the loss of the principal. Please consider your objectives, risk tolerance, and Acorns fees before investing. Acorns Advisors, LLC, Acorns is an SEC registered investment advisor. Brokerage services are provided to clients of Acorns by Acorns Securities, LLC, member FINRA slash SIPC. For more information, visit acorns.com. You have heard me talk about my language learning skills with Rosetta Stone, and I'm telling you, I'm getting really good at it. I learned a little bit of Japanese before we went to Japan last year, and I really love the French language. So I'm learning French at the moment. Bonjour, bonsoir. I'm even getting a little bit of the accent down. Not very good, but I'm I'm getting there. And with Rosetta Stone, it makes it so easy. I download it on my phone. I learn it in the car. It is awesome. You can do it on your desktop, wherever you find it convenient. They are there for you. And they have 25 languages, you guys, that you can use. And right now they are giving a lifetime membership for 50% off. So you can learn as many languages as you want for your entire life, which is amazing. And the best part is it starts off, you know, with just words and then phrases and then sentences. And then you should be able to have a conversation with somebody that also knows the language, which is 
you know, my entire goal. So don't put off learning that language. There is no better time than right now. Seriously, get started before your summer vacay. The, our listeners get 50% off the lifetime membership. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem it today at rosettastone.com forward slash today. Why? Like that's weird, right? If you got shot, I would not leave you. I would call 911 and stay with you. Mm -hmm. Apply pressure. Other next thing that's crazy is the studio manager right away says, of course, pull the tapes from the cameras. Yeah. Well, they did. And someone had messed with the footage. There was tape in the camera, but it was from a different day. No way. Yeah. People have raised the point, well, then go look at other business tapes. It's in like a commercial area, you know, really close to the police station. So all of those businesses have cameras, right? Yeah. But it doesn't appear that the police ever did that. So that just adds to the outrage. Why didn't the police care about solving this? The next thing that happens is... Randy starts telling people that the person responsible for Jay's murder was this guy, Curtis Schoon. So everyone was like, okay, well then go tell the police that, hello. But him and his sister never did tell the police. They believed that's who the gunman was. And so Curtis spoke out and said, no, it wasn't me. And I haven't had contact with Jay in at least four years. And that kind of got the whole people thinking, Randy, what do you have to gain by pointing the finger at Curtis? You know, something's not right, which telling Mm -hmm. you there's something about Randy. Randy ended up later doing a radio interview and saying him and his sister, Lydia, didn't know who did it. But they did. Yeah. Okay. First, they're saying it's Curtis. Now they're saying they don't know who did it. Here's the thing. It is possible that no one there that night, including Tony Rincon, saw the assailants, but at least Lydia had to have. From what I read, the best way I heard it described is it's not possible that no one saw anything, but it's entirely possible that everyone there has a reason to be afraid to tell police what they know. And especially Lydia. She's just the like reception lady, right? Yeah. And they denied her witness protection. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. So the case went nowhere, but speculation for about five years. Adding to all the speculation was the fact that Randy and his sister and the rest of the family all moved out of the area. Then Randy started talking again. He said publicly that his sister had, in fact, told police who had been the second gunman that night and that she identified the first gunman also as having a neck tattoo. The person that told her to get on the ground was Ronald Tenard Washington. So who's this guy? Mm -hmm. He is known by the name Tenard. He was a friend of Jay's. He did not have a good reputation. He was known as a repeat criminal for whatever reason though, Jay kept him around. That was Jay's nature. He was actually staying with Jay's sister, Bonita, at the time, but he bounced after Jay's murder and was arrested for committing a bunch of robberies three months later. After his arrest, he 
wasn't sentenced for five years. Whoa. I know. So the information came out around the same time that Randy had just started talking again. And the information was that the prosecutor, in his case, wrote a letter to the judge in an attempt to maximize his sentence that stated he was involved with the murder of Jason Mizell, Jam Master Jay. So this kind of backs up what Randy is actually starting to say, okay? Mm-hmm. And so this backs up what Randy said, and the police knew something, but why wouldn't they just charge him if the eyewitness did identify him? I mean, it's, it's whack. I think they right? need more evidence than somebody he said, she said. No, it's an eyewitness. His sister is saying, this is the gunman. This is who was there. It was Ronald Tanarn Washington told me to get down on the ground, and then they just don't even charge him? Well, do they look into it? I think that this speaks to people's outrage that they just didn't even care. They didn't care. I think maybe that they thought he had been arrested on, like I just said, he was serving a sentence for robberies. And I, maybe they thought that was enough. I mean, I can only speculate, but I mean, it wasn't enough and it wasn't justice for Jay's family. Yeah, of course. But yeah, people want a conclusion. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. There's no excuse for not pursuing who the eyewitness Yeah. I'm just identified how much they did look into it. And it doesn't seem like they looked too hard. That's right. Okay. So he ended up getting 17 years for the robbery charges, and he's still serving out that sentence. Tenard has given an interview from prison, and he says he wasn't there during the shooting, but he was making his way there after. And he had been there earlier that day. Tenard says... Earlier that day, he had delivered $200 worth of bullets to Jay. The conclusion that people have drawn from this statement is, one, maybe Tenard said this to place himself at the scene that day in case it came up later because maybe he was the one that fucked with the cameras. Or, two, maybe Tenard is telling the truth and Jay had reason to be taking extra precautions. Well, when you told me in the beginning that you have to go through two buzzers to get to him, it makes me think that he does want protection from somebody or something or, you know, like you can't just walk into a studio. Right. Yeah. His sister says in an interview that while she does not believe Jay was selling drugs, that she does think that he had a feeling that something was up. She got the vibe that he was like looking over his shoulder a little extra in the days leading up to his murder. Okay, so back to Tenard, saying he wasn't there, but he was approaching the studio at the time. What he says was he saw Big D and Little D leaving. He says Little D told him Pops wasn't supposed to shoot Jay. Okay, so who are these D's? Let me tell you. Big D is Darren Jordan. Him and Jay grew up together. They were really tight. Little D is Darren Jordan's son, Carl Jordan, who was an aspiring rapper with a long rap sheet. Okay. Big D 
has responded publicly to Tenard and additionally a retired police officer that had knowledge of the case that also gave an interview implicating him and his son's involvement in the murder. He says Tenard is a bitch ass. And the only reason he could think why he would drag him into this is because they've had beef for a long time going back to some shit between his sister and his first wife. Okay. Wow. They hold grudges like you, Gretchy. <laughs> Worse, I think. Okay. <laughs> Tenard says the motivation for the murder, which he says was committed by Big D and Little D, is that three months prior, himself... Big D and Jay were involved in a drug deal that went wrong. Jay botched the deal, and now they owed a drug dealer in the Midwest $180,000. Like I previously said, I do think it's likely Jay was involved in selling drugs at the time due to the financial pressure he was under. In the Netflix doc, one of his close friends, David Seabrook, who I found very believable, acknowledged this and talks about a deal that he had been involved with with Jay in California previously. And also, you know, he says Jay had been confiding in him that he needed to make some quick money. Mm -hmm. At the end of the Netflix documentary, they leave it open and they pretty much finger Tenard and Little D as being the assailants that night based on what Tenard said and Lydia identifying the shooter as having a neck tattoo, which he does, Little D, but Big D doesn't. And it makes sense because I kind of imagine that Lydia being from there would have been able to identify Big D I mean, if she had already identified Tenard, right? Yeah. Because he was a close friend of her brother's, but maybe she wasn't as familiar with his son. Right. So who has recently been charged with the murder is Tenard and Little D, which is some long overdue justice, right? Right. What I think, and this is just my opinion, is that Tenard is telling partial truth. He is not a credible source. Come on. Okay. He is trying to save his own ass, saying he didn't do it, but that he was just walking up. I think Big D and Little D were both involved with Little D being the shooter based on the neck tattoo identification. But I think Big D was probably there, too. Like, maybe he was, you know, the lookout or he was the one who got them buzzed up. Yeah, because, like, why would Little D... Just be let in if I nobody really I think Tenard knew, knew it was smart to say it was Little D and Big D. Okay. Yeah, I think like Big D was like waiting on the street. And I think Tenard named him and Little D because he knew, obviously, there were two gunmen that went inside. So he needed to name two people. And he didn't want to, he just switched places with Big D. Okay. You know? Yeah. You know, he just did this when he gave a statement in an attempt to get himself off the hook. I also think it's possible Randy wasn't surprised even if he wasn't in on the plan to murder Jay. I think it's possible tensions between them had continued to escalate and their friendship was likely coming to an end as Jay had been coming. Jay had become less trusting of him. Which happens. I mean, we've seen it happens. Friends that go into business together don't always stay friends. Money acts real weird, you know, and when money goes away and people oh, yeah. start having to struggle a little bit, 
especially in a lifestyle where they were probably just like drinking Cristal every night for a while. And then it's like, oh, shit, I got to pay the studio bill. But also, I still want to keep up like I can afford the like diamond grill. Right. I think even if Randy wasn't involved, I still think he's shady. Yeah. Just personally. Yeah. So what the police say about the charges are that the murder was in retaliation to a lucrative drug deal, which Jay had cut Tenard out of. And Jay had been bringing cocaine into New York since 1996. Little D is 36 now, which is almost the same age as Jay was at the time he was shot. And Tenard is 56. They face a minimum of 20-year sentence. And Little D and his father have not commented since the arrest. And so we'll just... See? See. Yeah. Jay's family released a statement after the charges were filed that said, Upon hearing the news, we have mixed emotions. We truly hope that the indictments are a solid step toward justice being served in the murder of Jay. For other families out there who don't have closure, we pray this gives them hope. And we can only hope that this news brings awareness to the fact that Black lives do matter. Oh, my God. Agreed. Okay. Yeah, of course. But, man... It's been a long time. You know, we just did another, that other one with Sheila Keen last week where she wasn't arrested for 20 something years too. Yeah. I mean, but that was at least that case revolved around, you know, DNA evidence. I mean, why didn't they pull all the tapes from the businesses and see what cars were parked out front? Who, who was leaving? They weren't doing their job. No, they weren't doing their job. They were like these thugs. This is like, the mentality, I'm sure, was like, these thugs, another drug deal gone wrong, whatever. Like, we're not going to put in the time to to figure it out. And it's not right, of course. Like, a life is a life, no matter if they were. Yeah, and also they weren't, not, they, he but, was, he, they weren't thugs. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying that is like yeah. what they were thinking. Their mentality think. is like, yeah. They discuss in the documentaries, like, I get that there's this whole song that is like, if you want to get away with murder, kill a rapper. I mean, think about how many rappers have been killed that like the case has gone unsolved or whatever, because it's like the police kind of have this mentality like that's just what they do. So let them kill each other. What I'm saying is like they have this mentality that they are yeah. thugs or whatever. You know, that's like the the stereotype, I guess I would yeah. say. Yeah. But it's completely, I mean, aside from, if you separate Jay from the drug dealing thing, which, I mean, I'm not condoning that, but if you just look at it as here was this, you know, extremely successful, talented, you know, artist who kept business. Did a lot of good. In his neighborhood. And, you know, I mean, it was really uplifting and positive. So, you know. It's just sad. He has a grown daughter from a previous relationship. Her name is Tyra, and she is the head designer of Drake's clothing line, OVO. By the way, I love that name, Tyra. Uh-huh. Kind of reminds yeah. me of Kyla. Yeah. Of his three sons with his wife, Terry, one graduated Berkeley and founded a talent agency. And the other two sons, they both followed in his footsteps and became very successful DJs. 
I'm sure he would be so proud. His wife, Terry, founded the Jam Master J Foundation for Music, which his former bandmates, Rev Ron and Daryl McDaniels, are involved with as well. The foundation provides music programs to public schools. I'm all for that. Love that. So I bought a T-shirt. Good for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. That's it. That's a wrap. Well, we'll keep an eye on the uh, trial. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. Because the police have say that they know the whole motivation and everything behind it. So it'll be interesting to see when the trial happens, all the information that comes out. And I mean, I think I feel bad for this Lydia. She never gave any interviews, but everyone that talks about her, she was just this sweet, quiet girl. Yeah, And it's probably wrecked her life. I mean, right after this, she had to move. She had to leave her home, move. I think she's living in Florida or something stay out of the public eye, mm-hmm. and live in fear. Well, I wonder if people that do something like that, if they also, for whatever it's been since this has happened, right? It's been 18 years. So are you always living in fear that you're going to get caught? Like there's never a moment where you're like, oh, I'm free forever, you know? And then Lydia, knowing that, the murderer is still out there and knows that she knows who they are. And what if there's some, what if it it could be so much more complicated than, I mean, it's pretty complicated, the whole thing. I mean, it could be so much more complicated than what we even know. And she's thinking there's other people that want retaliation Mm. for this. I mean, yeah, I imagine she kind of is always living in in fear, a little fear. Hopefully she's moved on and, you know, not, yeah. But crazy story. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. I mean, and at least it's, you know, there's finally some arrest. And yeah. so positive a little. Like, why now? Why now? Mm-hmm. I think they finally got enough pressure. They got pressure. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Good. It was sitting in the vault and they were like, this one we actually know. Yeah. Well, hello. I mean, when Netflix does a series about it and names the people who did it, yeah. if you're a detective like, and you're sitting at home, you're like, maybe I'll pick up that file and look at it again. <laughs> maybe I should. It's a, it's, a, it's a winner. Yeah. Okay. We didn't give any shout outs last week because I um, went on a vacay. So let's give some shout outs this week. Gretchy okay. Poo. Alyssa. She says, I'm obsessed. And we are obsessed with your review, Alyssa. Thank you so much. Moon 355 stars, or sorry, it's 357 stars. Great podcast with a different and funny, and I can't read the rest, but I think it says sentiment. She has no idea how she came across our podcast, but we're glad you did. But she knew from the intro that she would like us. She must always have a lot to do in the morning. Thank you. J.W. Hutchison, new favorite podcast. Thanks so much. This one's, her name is Tabs, the cat mom. Her name is Tabitha also. I thought she was talking about me with her name, but she's not because I'm also cat mom. That's right. I got two cats, two dogs, two hamsters, probably something else soon. I was looking at a turtle, like a tortoise. Those things are real cute. You're so crazy. I think they spread disease or something. They do not. Tortoises, those big things, they don't. Okay. Anna Bunny. Love these ladies. Thanks, Anna. Bush 144. Love it. Thank you. Nick from Arizona. 
funny, awesome show. Thank you. Acorn225. Love you all. Maybe she's from Texas. Y'all. Y'all. Stanga21. Great show. Thank you. Dan P is D from SoCal. Thanks so much. Clink, clink. PP Kitty. Love you guys. Oh, thanks. That one was a nice one. Nice long one. Nikki Nambra. Disco Biscuits. Love these gals. Thank you. And I think that's it for now. Be clappy. I think we might have done that one already. So anyhow, those were a lot. Thank you. So if you would like to give us a five star, we would love that and write a little review. We are trying to get a thousand and I think we can do it very soon. Also, if you want to follow us on Facebook, we have two groups. We have a keto group, which also just means whatever works for you. If you want to talk about, you know, working out what you eat. And then we have a housewives, a true crime group that we talk about fun stuff. And then we also just have our regular Facebook group. That's where I just put our cases up and we have an Instagram housewives, a true crime. You can follow us there. We do have a TikTok, but we're really not super good about it because Gretchen doesn't come over to my house anymore. I just have to look at her like I'm doing homeschool. Uh, (laughs) That's right. (laughs) And most importantly, we do have a Patreon and you can find us there on Housewives of True Crime where we release extra content every Thursday. And by the way, I have to just to clarify and say that you were right and I'm going to like end it. We're not going to talk about it anymore, but you were saying WAP and I said it was WAP and I like shamed you a little bit on our Patreon last week. And it, my friend Natalie had to look it up because she was the one that was telling me it was WAP and it really is WAP. So you were right. Oh, you're not, you're not 40. Sex pot thought it was WAP. Yeah, sex pot thought it was WAP. So when I said WAP, she was like on our trip. She was like, "No, it's WAP. Are you like crap?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Well, Gretchen's wrong then." And then I shamed you on Thursday, and then uh, now I have to. That's okay. I shamed you a little bit in the beginning of this episode for being like, "Oh, Fifty Cent. That's the guy that sings that birthday song." Like, yeah, <laughs> I know. You sound like is. an old lady. I am an old lady who lives in a shoe. That's right. Okay, I have to go take the first day of school picture sign Mm. pictures. So that's what I'm going to go do right now. We never talked about what we're drinking because it's far too early to have anything. It's coffee. coffee. (laughs) You know, some days we're not that fun. That's right. Clink, clink, everybody. Clink, clink.